Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hey guys, happy Monday. This is the P40 Ministries podcast with your host, Jen. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you had a great weekend this weekend. And guess what? Today's the day. We are finally going to talk about this golden calf in Exodus chapter 32, verses 1 through 6. We're going to talk about the people making this golden calf and then worshiping it while Moses is still up on the mountain. So grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and let's go ahead and read this portion of scripture. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. When the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the golden rings, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them to me. All the people took off their golden rings, which were in their ears, and brought them to Aaron. He received what they handed to him, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it into a molded calf. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to Yahweh. They rose up early on the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and drink and then rose up to play. Oh my gosh, there's so much stuff going on here. (laughs) In just six verses, there's a whole bunch of nuttiness. So, okay, in verse one, the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain. So that is what spawned this uh, this belief that um, they needed a new God, okay? So Moses was up on that mountain for 40 days, is what it says. And during that entire time period, we just finished everything that was going up on that mountain. You know, God was talking with Moses. He was telling Moses how to build this temple. He was, you know, giving him blueprints for this, possibly even showing him a model of it. Who knows? But Moses was getting this in-depth Um, you know, vision for what the temple was going to be. And the temple, of course, was supposed to house God. That was literally going to be God's house. He was going to live there. He was going to take care of his people. The people were going to minister to each other and uh, to God. And, you know, it would be a happy family as long as the the children of Israel continued to do what they had to do. And that was one God's one stipulation for staying there. He said, as long as you guys continue to do what you're supposed to do, I will continue to stay with you. And you're going to be blessed beyond even comprehension. You're going to have no sickness. You're not going to have any uh, issues with infertility. You're going to have, you know, tons of grain and wine and whatever else that God was going to bless them with, with um, monetary things and, and who knows what else. Like that was God's stipulation for the people if they wanted to have that benefit of God living with them. Not even to mention just having that relationship with God, which is way better than any of the material things that the people could get anyway. They would get forgiveness 
from their sins. I mean, this would be a relationship where God was even taking care of them in the afterlife as well and giving them forgiveness from all of their sins. So there was no reason why the people wouldn't want God to live with them. Except for the fact that uh, the people really don't want to follow God or listen to his commandments as we see right here. So they see that Moses is delayed coming down from the mountain. So they probably think he's dead. So they go to Aaron and they say, come, make us gods which shall go before us. As for this Moses, this man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. So here's a huge issue happening right now. They say that Moses is the man to thank for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. Now we know that Moses did practically nothing for <laughs> for the people. Yes, he did do some things. You know, I mean, God used him in many different ways to speak to Pharaoh and, you know, uh, Moses held out his rod and stuff and caused different plagues to happen through God's power, of course. But God was the one to thank for bringing the people out of the land of Egypt. So the people have totally forgotten about God because it's been 40 days and they are becoming impatient. They don't want to wait for Moses to come back down this mountain. They probably just want to continue on their merry way uh, without him and still have all the blessings and benefits that come with having God as their God, but they don't want to do any of the hard stuff on their part. They don't want to follow the rules. They don't want to hear the Ten Commandments that God spoke to them from the sky. They don't want to do any of that stuff. They want to do uh, their own thing while having the benefits of being God's children. And so they become impatient with Moses, who is up on that mountain. They become impatient with God, who, you know, they believed God was going to lead them directly to the promised land, probably. You know, they were becoming very impatient. And how often do we do that? I think that's one thing we could honestly take away from all of this is how often do we become impatient with God and then try to go and do our own thing? <laughs> I do it too often. I'm actually going to admit that. I get really, really impatient with God and then I go off and do my own thing and really regret that. That it happened to me with my factory job actually. I became very impatient at uh, the last job I was at, which was I was a hairdresser and I hated it. And so I basically got myself fired because I was showing up late to work every single day. And um, yeah, I'm not proud of that. But anyway, I got myself fired. And then instead of waiting for God during that entire time period to figure out what I needed to do with my life and where God was going to lead me, I jump headfirst into engineering, okay? And engine. <laughs> if you know me personally, just understand that engineering is not for me, okay? So I jumped headfirst into engineering, got that job at the factory because it was the only thing mildly related to engineering, and I was stuck there for over a year, and I was stuck at the school for over a year, and I could talk so much more about that. I don't know if all of you guys have heard my... Um, my uh, testimony with that. Um, I haven't really aired it too much on this podcast, but I've gone on other podcasts to talk about it. For example, I went on um, Mark Craven's podcast a while back and actually spoke my testimony on there, but it was a really, really rough time period for me. It was beyond awful, and it was because I did not wait on God 
and instead, you know, I uh, did all this stuff on my own. And I mean, God was merciful to me. He used it and I grew through it. And um, now I'm here, I believe, where God wants me to be. But I did the same thing that these people here in Exodus are doing. I went and got impatient with God and then decided to do it my own way and then failed miserably. So these people now are doing the exact same thing. They're impatient with Moses. They're impatient with God. They think Moses might be dead. They don't want to deal with God anymore. So they ask Aaron, who is their high priest, and now that Moses is gone, they ask Aaron to make them a god that they could worship. So Aaron has this huge group of people in front of him. And this is where Aaron and Moses differ very, very greatly. Moses never gave in to popular opinion or to the crowd. Very, I don't know if he ever did actually. That was the one strong point that Moses had was that he did not give in to the crowd. He would go to God and he would talk to God about it, but he never gave in to the crowd. Now we see the difference between Moses and Aaron here because now Aaron is surrounded by this group of people that is typically surrounding Moses with complaints, but now they're surrounding Aaron with all these complaints. And Aaron doesn't want to deal with it. And he gives in to this popular opinion out of fear of the people possibly, or maybe because he thought the same thing himself. I don't know. But he gives in to the people and says to them, he says, take the golden earrings out of your ears and bring them to me and I'll make you guys a uh, a god. That's basically what he says. Aaron gave in. And this is why it's so, so important that we are careful of who we're listening to, that we are careful of who our preachers are, and that there is a check and balance within the churches. Because unfortunately, there is not always a check and balance in the churches. There is nobody to check the pastor if he gets out of hand or if he starts speaking bad things. And, um, you know, unfortunately, in the area where I live in, there was a issue with one of the local churches that caused a lot of problems because the pastor began speaking um, things that were just absolutely contrary to God's word. And the church broke up and is still struggling to this day. And that is what happens when you have bad leadership who cannot stand up to the crowd or who is going contrary to God's word. That kind of stuff happens. And unfortunately, it happens all the time. So we need to be very careful of who we are listening to, including myself. That is why I always say to you guys, grab your Bible uh, along with your cup of coffee and read it. Like read your Bible and, and make sure that I am not just, you know, making this stuff up. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not that smart that I feel like I could make this stuff up, but <laughs> sometimes I even tell you guys that sometimes I'm like, I haven't researched this. I don't know for real, but I'm saying it right now. Probably shouldn't be if I haven't researched it. But I, I mean, I say that stuff to you guys and that is to have you guys go back and look at it. And um, that is why I always, always, always recommend, no matter who you're listening to, whether it's me or your pastor at your church or your friend or whoever, always go back and check it in the Bible. It's very easy to do that nowadays <laughs> because you can just go onto Google and uh, search what you need to search and uh, find all sorts of different verses on, um, on the Bible, on Google. But anyway, 
that anyway, my point was Aaron was a weak leader and he led the people astray. He didn't keep them from sinning as a high priest was supposed to do. He didn't do that. And uh, he gives into the people and he begins making this golden calf. Okay, so and it's kind of funny. So it says here that he fashioned this gold with an engraving tool and he made it into a molded calf. And so then the people start saying, these are your gods, O Israel, which you brought you up out of the land of Egypt. So now they're taking it from Moses, who apparently brought them out of Egypt, to this stupid uh, golden calf that literally was just made right before their eyes. So sometimes things are just, I don't know. But anyway, they see this golden calf that Aaron made and decide that that is what brought them out of the land of Egypt, which makes no sense to me because not moments before those earrings were still in their ears. Okay, so now all of a sudden this golden calf has some sort of significance to the people and they decide that that is what brought them out of the land of Egypt. So Aaron, okay, it says in verse five here, Aaron saw this and he decided to build an altar before it. <laughs> And you know what? As someone who has illustrated books before, it's it is nice to hear that you did a job well done, okay? And and I appreciate when people tell me that I've done a job well done. And Aaron here, I think was kind of getting a big head over the craftsmanship that he had just done. So clearly he was very good at working with his hands. I mean, he was a slave for many many years, so maybe this is what he did in Egypt. So maybe he was good at working with his hands or metalworking or whatever. And the people like his design of this little golden calf. I can't imagine it was very big. I, I don't know. But the people like it. And Aaron started getting a big head over his craftsmanship is kind of how I interpret this. So here's what he says. He says, um, tomorrow shall be a feast to Yahweh. Now, when I first read this, I wasn't sure if he was calling this, um, this calf Yahweh or not. But then I looked it up and read some commentaries about this. And a lot of people think that Aaron was not actually calling the calf Yahweh, but was actually saying that through this calf, we are going to like get closer to Yahweh. We're going to have a feast to Yahweh. So he was still recognizing God through all of this, but adding in this golden calf. And I mean, oh my gosh, how often do leaders nowadays do this kind of crap? How often do they mix garbage in with the truth? That I think is where it goes off the deep end a lot of times with these um, preachers is, yeah, some of the stuff they, they say does have truth in it, but too often it's mixed in with all this other garbage that goes contrary to God's word. You know, it causes a lot of people to go astray because they are hearing some truth but then they're hearing this other stuff that's mixed into it and they assume that that's the truth. And so I think that's, you know, this is a prime example of what happens when um, when a leader starts going astray and, uh, you know, a lot of people end up, you know, worshiping this golden calf and uh, we'll see what happens next. But so Aaron, it says that he builds this altar and he makes this proclamation, tomorrow shall be a feast to Yahweh. So now in verse 6, which is the last verse we're going to talk about, and also a very important one, it says that the people rose up early on the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. So that word right there, early, 
these people are going out of their way to worship this golden calf. Which, by the way, they heard the Ten Commandments coming out of the sky at them from God's own voice. And they didn't want to hear those Ten Commandments. They, they thought they were going to die if they heard God's voice. They didn't want to hear it. So they didn't listen. And one, the first thing God says out of the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt have no other gods except for me. That is what God directly says to the people. And then the second one is don't make any graven images. So don't make any images of gods. You know, you're not supposed to have any other gods other than me. And Aaron clearly didn't listen to that either because he's adding in this golden calf to um, the worship of the children of Israel along with God. So anyway, it says that the people went out of their way to wake up early and to offer burnt offerings. And this is where um, I was telling you guys that burnt offerings were so commonplace back in these days. Like, you know, people understood that they needed burnt offerings and other religions at that time or and other gods or whatever that the people made up like this golden calf required burnt offerings. So burnt offerings were not uncommon. They were actually very, very, very common in the people's day and age. So if the people here are offering burnt offerings to this golden calf and offering peace offerings to this golden calf, this just shows that the people did not find that to be uncommon. And we're believing that to be commonplace. So I wanted to mention that. So anyway, it says here that the people sat down to eat and to drink and then rose up to play. So early in the morning, they're getting a nice head start and drinking all sorts of drinks and uh, getting all drunk and everything. And so then after this, it says that um, basically in their drunkenness, you know, I can't imagine, I don't even know how early this was, but they were pretty drunk at this point. It says that they rose up to play. And that word in Hebrew, play, means like sexual orgies. So the people kind of went off the deep end pretty fast here. They go from uh, worshiping God and hearing his voice in the sky to not wanting to listen to him, to becoming impatient, to making a golden calf, to worshiping it through orgies and drunkenness. So um, yeah, that... That is basically what uh, the Hebrew word here means, is that the people were playing in a very sexual sense. So yeah, I mean, you can see how the people decided that they wanted to do things their own way and were impatient, not wanting to wait on God. And unfortunately, they convinced their leader to go along with them. And Aaron, who is not a strong leader at this point, decides to go along with them and it just kind of spiraled out of control. So we'll see how God responds to this and uh, how Moses responds to this in the next couple days. So join me on Wednesday to, to discuss uh, more of this chapter. And uh, yeah, join me at 6 a.m. or whenever you wake up to do that. And then also tomorrow, I do um, a New Testament episode on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Join me tomorrow to discuss Mark chapter 10 with me as well. And by the way, friends, I'm on YouTube now. I haven't been. And I decided to upload uh, my, my uh, podcast episode out of the book of Mark on YouTube. So I'll be uploading those every few days or so. So share those and uh, let people know that the YouTube channel exists. And I'll drop a link to YouTube in the bio of this podcast episode. But friends and faith listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Happy listening and God bless.